Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Okay, so how many of you tried the guided meditation from last week? I w- would love to know, partially because I um, some of these ideas about guided meditation or meditation or, or mindfulness or contemplation, they can be like buzzwords and or they can be things that are super out of our, our box or things that are very much within our wheelhouse. And so the reason I'm kind of bringing it up here is because I like to allow this space to be um, somewhat diverse um, and, I don't know, hopefully informative and creates a sense of curiosity within you. So with last week, I had a lot of people reaching out about, okay, it's hard. It's really difficult for me to slow down. Um, I'm not really sure where to start when it comes to that, or I didn't know there was any other way. I thought it was normal to do this, or my life requires a lot of me. So how do I like stop and slow down? And so then I listened back to last week's episode and realized that it might be a good idea to get a little more practical Um, which is not my strong suit. If you know me, I like to live my life mainly in the clouds. So um, I sat down, we were at a restaurant with our kiddos, at this Mexican restaurant in town. And I just started thinking about like some practice. (laughs) It hits me like, I guess like a wave. And and so of course we're at a Mexican restaurant. And so then I took some notes on a handy dandy paper um, placemat, which I have in front of me. You can hear it. It's my paper placemat that has a guide to a practical life of contemplation. And that's what I'm using today for the inspiration for said episode. Um, All that being said, I think that looking at the idea of mindfulness or contemplation is beneficial because it's counter to the most natural way that we're living our life based on the constructs of our current society that is productive, efficient, linear. It's geared for you to do more all the time, to have more, to have it now. Um, And it has kind of pulled us maybe out of the most natural state for a human or a person, which is to be available to here and now, not consumed with what is next, not... um, focused on this like kind of like the anxiety right because I, th- I think that that's anxiety is that like fear of the future it's future tripping it's all future focused it's not about right now so when we have a feeling of anxiety it pulls us up and out of here and into something else so a mindful life is absolutely an anecdote or a way to combat feelings of anxiety um Okay, so here's what I want to start with today. Um, Ways to practically create some space for contemplation. There will be some of you that have more time than others. When you send your sweet little kiddos off to school, for those of you who can do that, 
you can create some time. If your kids are at home, we're going to get to that too. There are also ways that we are able to make some space. I'm a big fan of um, finding very um, careful clues almost in the day. And I'm going to get to that right now. So um, ways that you can institute a contemplative life are using your five senses. I talk a lot about this in therapy um, as a way of grounding or using our sensors to kind of our senses to kind of anchor into right now. Think about the five senses: sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. You could choose any one of those or a combination of those to help you create. Um, some awareness of you being here and now. So for example, I posted a couple times of pictures of the ocean, like the waves right outside my office slash trailer. And I do that on purpose. One, I sit out there and I feel like even the sight of the waves, that continuous like set of waves as they roll in is soothing. The smell of the ocean, the sound of the crashing you can also like feel like the mist. And so there's this idea of there's multiple senses being heightened as you watch or encounter that image. Sitting in front of the ocean or a fish tank or a fire, um, something that allows you just to kind of stop and watch. It's a way of you to like turning your thoughts to that rather than that kind of ongoing track of what's next, what's next, what's next. So sight, <laughs> picking, a, picking an image of something that inspires either your wonder, beauty. Um, you could use sight as a visual cue for a word. So put, I usually like write in chalk or whiteboard around our house um, a word that I want our family to be considering. So it might just be something, I put summer up um, yesterday because it's June and we're almost there. So I feel like that's like, our, we're almost there. And if everyone could just see the word summer, then we could just finish strong. I drew a picture of a wave, something that um, for, our, for our kids who can't read, um, they know what that means as well. That we're almost to the beach, we're almost there. And so we can use visual cues to help remind our brain to tune back into where we're at. So there's sight um, with smell. I know there's like a huge essential oil craze going on right now. Um, and I'm not um, here to sell those to you. It is more and nor like talk about they're like the benefits of them internally is real honestly for the purpose of scent. Um, scent is such a powerful memory inducer. So when you f smell something, you walk by and you smell cookies baking or um, someone's cologne or whatever smell you are, you can be immediately triggered to a previous memory. And smell is our strongest memory scent, more so than, than sight, more so than a sound. When you smell something, it bypasses a part of your brain that allows you to go right back into that memory. Um, this can be uh, dangerous for some, not dangerous, but I feel like it's... um. It can be triggering for people who have injurious memories that are associated to smells. And so we often in therapy will pair a smell or scent of your choosing with a, an experience of peace or grounding or safety as a way to use smell in our favor, like with our, with our power, right? So I have a like variety of essential oils I keep in my trailer and I have like a million more <laughs> at home because I let the kids 
kind of smell the ones that they like and make their own scents. And then they, we include that into some type of like bedtime like routine or ritual or whatnot. And the idea is that they are pairing their brain, cueing their brain, that this is when sleeping begins. Um, if it's in therapy that we're cueing the brain that when you smell this smell, this is when I feel safe, connected, heard, I'm not alone. Um, we pair that smell with the safety in that therapeutic relationship and they can take that smell with them. And if they're at home or feeling anxious, keep it in your pocket, your purse, wherever. We're using smell to help connect us to the experience that we actually want. Okay, um, sound. <laughs> That's why I recorded that guided meditation on its own and released it this week. The sound is something that also allows us to be more consciously aware of what we're thinking or where our brain is leading. So with sound, it's it could be music or you could even simply sit and a big grounding technique is can you listen to five sounds that are in the room? Stop and identify five specific or distinct sounds that you hear. In that practice, it is nearly impossible to still feel anxious because it requires a lot of brain power to actually stop and singularly identify five different noises. So that's a pretty um, good practical tip for using sound to help ground you. The other thing with sound is um, I am absolutely drawn to the noises of my children, for better or for worse. Um, but I, if when I hear Eden's laugh, I just want to put my ear up to her mouth and like just let her laughter pour through me. There, it's like a mix of glitter and sunshine in the Trolls movie. I love listening to her laugh. And that sound specifically, it just fills me with joy. So if I 100%, you better believe that I have recorded that and listened to it. Um, there is something about a, a specific sound that can, again, invoke a sense of peace or joy or comfort. So the sound of the waves, a crackling fire, even the sound of specific people's voices. So there are definitely friends that I call when I'm like, I don't really have anything to say. I just kind of need to listen to you talk because I just need to, to hear you today. And so we can use sound as well as a way to practice contemplation. The other one of the five senses is taste. And we can, again, use taste as a way of just being present with exactly what it is that we're eating. So growing up, I have a very like vivid memory of, okay, chocolate's also a really big deal in my family. I feel like I should point that out. When I was little, my, my grandmother used to tell me that, okay, honey, here are your vitamins. And it would just be straight up dark chocolate, like actual like hunks of dark chocolate. And those were my vitamins. Also, she used to tell me that the reason that my skin was the color that it was is because of all the chocolate that I ate. <laughs> so bit of a wives tale, um, <laughs> bit of a mystery. <laughs> that was what I learned growing up. Um, my dad used to take us to get ice cream when we were little and he'd take us to 31 flavors and he would always get like Jaboka almond fudge and then with hot fudge on top of it. And then he would straight give us a lesson on how to best experience the chocolate. 
and this is, I told you we are a sick family, but he would sit there and he'd like, hey, Elise, close your eyes and put that hot fudge in your mouth and then roll it around with your tongue and really taste it. Like taste, taste it all. <laughs> we must have looked like absolutely insane human beings, but there we were, eyes closed, all three of us kids and dad, really savoring that 31 flavors. Um, I will absolutely never forget that. In fact, I feel like every time I have ice cream, I feel like those memories almost come up of really use like shutting off other senses, closing our eyes to enhance the sense that we're trying to focus on as a way of really having that experience and fullness, not just mindlessly eating, not just um, like eating all the kids leftovers without thinking about it. Right. But like, like genuinely a wholeheartedly getting in there and tasting it, tasting the food or, or the drink or the dessert or whatever it is and appreciating it. Um, so I definitely, I definitely love that lesson. Um, also another tip if you're wanting to use the idea of taste as a way to ground yourself or to, um, combat anxiety is chew two different flavor pieces of gum. So cinnamon and spearmint or something fruity and something spicy and try to keep them separate. So one on one side, one on the other side. Um, it's a focus technique as well, but it's something that requires your concentration and it requires you to be right here and right now. Um, and not all of what we're doing is an effort to fight anxiety. Like the whole, it's just a way to like live fully in right now and make your life like multidimensional so that it's not blah or gray or one flavor, right? Touch. Um, you can use different senses to, again, anchor you to right now. Um, Velcro, <laughs> the feeling of sand, grass. Um, we need touch as human beings. So we need actual like physical hugs, we need touch for wholeness and healthiness and not the kind of touch where you're like, can my kids please stop touching me? If they come at me one more time, I'm going to lock myself in the bathroom. Again, probably speaking to myself, but there are moments where I'm like, stop, everybody stop. Um, I think about touch a lot when I'm gardening as well, because there's this element of actually like getting my hands into the soil um, and feeling what I'm doing. And I'm for sure a tactile person by nature, but there is, um, there is something that feels super primal about using your hands. So whether that is baking and kneading your own dough or doing ceramics and working with clay, um, something that you have to actually like use your hands, use your muscles. There's it again, it's we're enhancing the senses of what's around us. Okay, so these are just the five senses, ways to live a contemplative life. I just gave you a bunch of examples on the five different senses and how you can use them to anchor you to right now or to enhance your experience in any one of those areas. The other thing that I do is I use cues. So um I, and I, cues or clues, whatever, I have talked to you before about using threshold spaces, and it's a visual reminder of me to stop, slow down, enter in. So the bench by our front door is one I've mentioned before. When my husband proposed, he 
dragged that bench all the way out to the edge of this uh, bluff overlooking the ocean and proposed. Um, I know, he's the best. And that bench now sits at the front of our house. And when I see it, I remind it of a couple things. One, um, stop, <laughs> sit. Um, I'm reminded of that day and that moment. And I also use it as an opportunity to pause, um, kind of kick off the day, and remember that I'm entering my home now. And so when I'm in my home, I don't need to be boss. I don't need to be clinical director. I don't need to be therapist. I'm just going to be mom. And it's a visual cue to kind of kick the dust from my feet from what the day has been and welcome what's about what's about to ensue. Um, the other cues that I have around the house, um, sometimes, like I said, I'll write something on our whiteboard or letterboard or something that reminds all of us um, to to whatever. Sometimes it's like it's something funny. Like I want I want to have humor in our house, and so I'll put up something silly. Um, obviously, um, poop and fart jokes seem to really do the trick for my for my boys and their sense of humor right now. Not necessarily a recommendation for your beautiful home, but it is absolutely, um, it does the trick <laughs> for, for them. Um, use the space you're in. If you're looking to build something contemplative, um, I know that space can be an issue. So I, again, there have been years where I, I painted a section of our house as a symbol of like, hey, this is the space that I come to and I stop and I have a journal always ready or a book or a st- or something that allows me to engage and have some space that's just mine. Um, a beach towel does the trick as well or a blanket and I just throw that down anywhere in the house. Without fail, if I do that, the kids always come in and then I give them an opportunity to join me as well and tell them like, hey, yeah, when I'm sitting here or that you see this blanket, what I'm trying to do is spend some time breathing, calming down, um, taking a moment just to recognize that this is this day and how old you guys are and what's happening and just be present. And so then I absolutely, my kids are going to need so much therapy, but I will have them sit down and be like, okay guys, it's your turn. What are you guys thankful for? What are you grateful for? And last night Judah said, what's thankful? And I said, well, something that you want to say thank you for. And so he's like, oh, okay. Um, thank you for hot dogs. I was like, there we go. So it, it kids, this is the idea of the of balance versus integration. Um, I am absolutely not disillusioned to think that I'm going to have hours of moments of contemplation in my life, but I am sitting on a beach towel on the floor of my room, surrounded by laundry. My kids come in, sit down, and we say, thank you for hot dogs. Okay. A contemplative life doesn't mean that you like mysteriously and magically turn into the Dalai Lama. It is a, this is, we're talking like real life opportunity to stop and slow down. Pick out a towel or a blanket that you can sit on. That's like kind of claim your space, your territory in the house that you can stop and slow down. I recorded, like I said, that guided meditation. It is just over five minutes long. That is a really good way to start practicing the idea of paying attention to our breath. So breathing meditation is one of the like one of the um, simplest places to enter in. One because we do it all the time, right? Like we're, we're we are always breathing, so we can come back to our breath. Is a phrase you'll hear a lot with mindfulness. 
come back to your breath, and that's it. it. It's not more complicated than that. It is genuinely in, out, and just being familiar with that rhythm and kind of tuning out the other distractions or thoughts or feelings that are coming up and just staying with your breath. Um, so breathing meditation is an easy spot to start. A sitting meditation is the one that I recorded for you. A walking meditation is, again, just considering each step, heel, toe, heel, toe, heel, toe. If you feel distracted, come back to your breathing, continue walking. And again, it's a, it's a method of attunement. So you're tuning out what is distracting and becoming more in tune with what is calming, centering, grounding, relaxing, right? Um, there's some other basic types of meditation. And it's like, I think with mindfulness, the idea is that, okay, these are like mom, mom mindfulness things. Laundry, <laughs> dishes, putting the kids to bed. Um, because again, I am way more in favor of the idea of integration versus balance. That I know that I might not have time to stop right now and go through a meditation and because I'm trying to not do more than one thing at a time instead of doing the dishes and listening to a meditation I will actually just focus intensely on what the soap feels like and smells like and washing the dishes and considering my kids and what we had for dinner and how thankful I am that we have food on our table tonight and um, the different flavors that we had and what we talked about at dinner um, and what it's like to get to serve my family in this way right? Again, it, it inspired gratitude within me. So sitting, not sitting, standing and doing the dishes was an opportunity for me to enter a moment of gratitude, to use my senses to be right here and right now, to enhance the memory of this season of my life because they're fleeting, and to get the dishes done. So when you think about different forms of meditation, there's breathing, sitting, walking, and dishes. No, it's kidding. But really, you can use whatever whatever experience that you're doing and be mindful of it. And the purpose of that sometimes, too, is that it's a way to enhance your memory. Using your senses is a huge way to build the memories that you want to retain. You can go back um, and think about some of your favorite memories and pick up on the senses, and it'll make it a little bit more rich. Um, what else do I want to say about this? Um, maybe the why, right? Like, why, why am I talking about this? And why am I talking about it two weeks in a row? Um, I'm talking about two weeks in a row because of the amount of response, I think, to the first one, which was maybe I, like, jumped too far forward without laying some of the groundwork for the how or the why. So part of the why is it's nice. Um, it's nice to stop. It's good for our body, our soul, our brain, our anxiety, our depression, our marriage. It's good for our kids, our mothering, our working. It's good for it's good for us, right? So there's actual like scientific studies that have been done. Maybe I'll post those or something this week. But the actual psychological benefits of stopping and slowing down and mindfulness. Um, it feels good in the way that exercising can, like totally can suck, and then you're really glad you did it. <laughs> so it's a healthy practice. It requires discipline and intention 
And that already builds so many skills into your life because you have to think about it and then actually practice it and do it. It's awkward at first, like I said, like practicing yoga, and then it becomes more natural. Then eventually you're like, I, I just need that. I need to start my day that way. Also, in our culture that is so full of anxiety, um, this is a really wonderful way to treat it in a way that you actually can. Um, I said the kind of the way that I start the day is first when I wake up is I put um, on purpose some things to see using sight right when I wake up, a visual reminder of how I need to start the day. And then I just try to take 30 breaths and just breathe them completely and just think about the breathing. I'm not going to think about what's next, but I'm just going to think about breathing. And then I choose a word for the day, a word that I want to spend time kind of turning over and, and, and moving around. And it might be a word of inspiration. Um, it might be something that I want to really contemplate and learn more about. It might be a person that I want to just consider and pray for that day. Um, it might be a scripture or a verse or a quote or something that I want to have in the forefront of my mind. The other why is, and this is the biggest one, you're worth it. Okay? You're worth taking care of. You're worth slowing down for. You're worth entering in. You deserve to have a moment. It's good for you to do this. Uh, if I, if you really were sitting here with me, this would be one of the first questions I'd ask you. What are you doing to take care of yourself? How can we help you learn to create some time and space that you get to really just treat yourself with? Have that's completely yours. Use in a way that like benefits only you sometimes and the rest of the people that are around you as well. You're worth it. Some other obvious, like, awesome things about this is it's free. It doesn't require you to spend any money or to go any place. You can just actually practice this in your normal, daily, wonderful routine. So um, let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. I love um, hearing what inspired you this week, what you disagreed with, even. I had a friend this week who was like, I don't know that I totally agreed with that. And I'm like... I love I love you so much. I love you for thinking that. I love you for thinking more about it. I just want people to interact with with what this is and to come to their own conclusion and or thought and or experience. So um, I hope you have the loveliest week. I hope that you slow down. I hope that you taste rich, wonderfully warm chocolate. I hope that you feel the mist off the waves. I hope that you can experience the sunshine and the way that the salt can tighten your skin. I hope that you get to hold somebody's hand. I hope that you listen to your children's laughter. I hope that you feel the breeze and it makes you feel alive. I hope that you create memories that you are proud of. I hope that you live into right now and that you are filled with a sense of gratitude and wonder and wildness. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. To connect with me, suggest a topic for the show, or ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered, email me at elise at trailercast.com. E-L-Y-S-E at trailercast.com. You can also see more on the TrailerCast website or follow me on Instagram at TrailerCast, where you can watch the renovation of my vintage mobile office and see more from behind the scenes. 
Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends. <laughs>